This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, I'm Rick, store director from the Mill Valley Safeway. Our pick four sales back with over 100 items to choose from. It's simple. Mix and match any four participating items. That's right, any four. They don't have to be the same, so mix and match away. Here's a few to choose from. Lean Cuisine and Stouffer's Simple Dishes or Signature Classics Entrees, 6 to 13 ounce selected varieties, only $1.77. And Kellogg's Cereal 10 to 12 ounce, $1.69 each when you buy four. Look for the red tags in store. This is Rick from the Mill Valley Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Ladies and gentlemen of the internet, it is another episode of the Hardwood Knox podcast. And back with you again, it's myself, Andrew, uh, as I'm known on Twitter, Andrew D. Bailey, and Dan Favalli. Uh, Dan, we are coming up on the Olympics. Uh, it's going to start this weekend, actually. And I think USA plays this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Saturday um, against China, I think. Yeah, they kick it off against China, who they've already drubbed. Uh, in pre-Olympic exhibition tour twice. I think they beat them by a combined 99 points in two games, if I'm remembering that correctly. That seems um, low. <laughs> something crazy like that. Um, so that game's not very interesting. But um, I don't know. Is there anything about Team USA's roster in general that interests you? This obviously isn't the best crop of players that we it's the sign and sleep event at Mattress Firm. Get a new mattress at 0% APR for six years with $0 down and $0 due at signing. It's as simple as sign, save, and sleep. Plus, save up to $400 on the best brands, like a Beautyrest Queen mattress now just $497. Hurry in. Your budget stretches further at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. Call 1-866-780-6220 for credit costs and terms. For new accounts, purchase APR is 29.99%. Subject to credit approval, valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com sale could have sent um i think demar Derozan is is kind of an overrated player harrison barnes is kind of mediocre um i mean but the, we still have kevin durant there we have clay thompson uh mellow so there's still some some intrigue I, I don't know what do you think about this team usa i still think it's super fun i'm kind of hoping that i know this is the olympics but i want to see them go more than like quarter speed in yeah. those exhibition games, it just looked like these guys weren't even leaving the floor on their jump shots. Um, just, just all this different stuff. It didn't. They were being so sloppy with the ball. I get the ball's a little bit different, but the game seemed to be played in such slow motion. So I'm hoping that it's just, I we're it's not going to be competitive. Like we'll get to teams that might be able to keep it competitive, but the games aren't going to be competitive. So you can only hope that like Team USA is explosive. In the meantime, what I really look for is what kind of lineups Coach K will use. It's probably pretty hard to have both DeMarcus Cousins and DeAndre Jordan off the floor uh, at the same time, but I really want to see like a bunch of five-wing lineups. 
Like that, that to me is the reason to watch at this point, just to see uh, all the versatility because this might be one of the most versatile rosters Team USA has ever had. We talk a lot about just the big names that are missing, but it still could be the most versatile roster they've ever had because you look at their ball-dominant guys, all of them with the exception of maybe DeMar DeRozan can play off the ball too. Yeah, that is an interesting point. There was a lot of talk when this team first came together that they maybe didn't have enough uh, traditional point guards who could create for others, but that always seemed kind of crazy to me for, for exactly what you're saying right now. They have wings who do that already. And I think it's kind of a good, um, it's kind of signaling where we're going in, in basketball everywhere. It's, I think five wing lineups, um, while we, while we might not see a ton of it in the Olympics this year, uh, it is something that is conceivable at this point. I, I think a lot of teams are gearing up to be able to do that to just play your five best players regardless of height, and everybody can do a little bit of everything. Um, I also wanted to touch on, <laughs> I've I've live-blogged, I think, four of these games for Bleacher Report, and what you said about them playing at quarter speed is so true. Like, they are killing these teams by 40 to 50 points, and there are very long stretches of the game where it doesn't look like any of the five guys on the floor I mean, they, they're just, they're having fun. It doesn't look like they care at all. And a couple of them have been like too close than they should have been. And they'll try hard for maybe like a five minute stretch. And then all of a sudden the game's over. Um, so it's, I mean, it's incredible. The dream team was in 92 and that was supposed to be what inspired the rest of the world. And they still haven't really come close to catching up. I, I mean, I don't really know what that says. It's just amazing uh, the the wealth of talent in basketball that is here in America. Uh, it's absolutely absurd. Uh, it doesn't help that like some of the other teams are missing like their best players. You don't have Serge Ibaka or Marc Gasol on the Spain roster. That makes it a lot less interesting. Um, who even who would watching to go back to this watching Team USA play China? twice was just brutal i never i didn't get through the whole things because it looked like team usa was playing five groups like from the movie guardians of the galaxy that giant tree (laughs) like they can't they're so tall but they can't move yeah there was there were several guys from from different teams throughout that uh, exhibition tour um that looked like they were newcomers to the game almost like they they almost didn't really know what they were doing and that's probably wildly inaccurate, but that's just how they looked compared to the Team USA guys. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. And with all the talent that's in the U.S., the U, maybe the rest of the world just views it as like, that's too big of a deficit to bridge. Like, it just, there isn't, is there a monopoly in any other sport, like with one country? Like, we even talk about... Yeah, I don't. I don't think there is maybe American football, but nobody else plays it. Yeah, so th- there's that. And even when you look at, like, from our perspective, when we're talking, and I know nothing about soccer, but if you look at, like, the World Cup and stuff, yeah, the Americans get beat. But that's from our perspective. We're always getting beat by different teams. But we yeah, somehow managed to, to there's like, There's a lot of other good national teams. Right. And But I guess the example would be, like, the U.S. soccer, I guess on the men's side, because the women have always been dominant, right? That's they've true. Been, They're good, yeah. They've been really, really good. But like the men's team seems to have bridged some of that gap. 
and, and maybe there's still a far gap between them and like the best of the best. But like Team USA in basketball just has a monopoly where it's like it's not even <laughs> worth trying to beat these guys. And I'm not again schooled in the best international players, but you have to wonder if there are like any really good players who aren't in the NBA but are overseas and are just like, yeah, I'm not even going to play because what's the point? And again, the other thing is, is like, maybe there's just not, maybe you need that transcendent talent or two at the same time that's in the NBA, because that's where you're playing if you're good. So your best chance at beating Team USA is having a team comprised of, we're not going to say all NBA players, but let's say two to three really transcendent talents. So, I mean, you know, if, if Dante Exum and Ben Simmons can become like LeBron, that, actually. LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony, maybe Australia will have like a shot long term. But th- that's the only way I could see something even remotely close unfolding. Yeah, actually, when you, as you were sort of uh, setting up that premise, that was the first country I thought of was Australia, and even that is obviously a long shot. I, you have to hope that. Ben Simmons hits his potential. Dante Exum hits his potential. Uh, maybe Thon Maker is better than people think. Andrew Bogut has his legs for another four, four years. years. Yeah. <laughs> Patty Mills is a decent NBA player. Uh, Joe Ingles is a decent NBA player. But you do need, uh, like you said, you would need somebody, at least one, and probably two, like, all-star type talents to compete. Right. Um, and I think and that's I, why Spain was... Go ahead. Like, just it's just we say that, but like, let's say Ben Simmons is the next LeBron, and who would you say like Dante Exum could be? Like, just be really like, ambitious. Uh, super ambitious, Penny Hardaway. Okay, well, that even seems like you're selling him a little bit short. <laughs> hey, don't go look at Penny's early years, man. He was nice. He, Penny was good. So let's say that, but like, look at who they still have to go up against. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, is going to run. Let's ten say guys like, at that level. Right, and maybe a little bit less, but even so. But but I do think that that's how it has to be done, is you need more than one really transcendent player. And you need to want these guys to participate, because if you're Ben Simmons, like... Yeah, he didn't you, want to do it this year, that's for sure. Yeah, so so what's your, what's your point? Um, it's kind of a shame. You know who should have probably, when you look at their draft statuses, had a chance? Uh, Wiggins, Bennett, and Tristan Thompson for yeah. Canada. Those they were a should... huge letdown. Um, they lost to Venezuela in a game that would have clinched an Olympic berth for them. Oh my God! I, team, I remember a team with the only, the, I think the only NBA player on that team is Grievous Vasquez, who isn't even going to play in the Olympics. Uh, I remember um, when Anthony Bennett and Tristan Thompson they went in the same draft, right? One and four to, to yes. Cleveland. Yeah, uh, I remember. I, or I wait, no, 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 because the. Thompson was the same oh, year yeah, as Kyrie. Oh, yeah, Thompson was Kyrie. That's right. Yeah. So, but but um, Bennett, I mean, they were within a year or two of each other. Yeah, so uh, were they just – did it go – well, anyway, I was at Anthony Bennett, like the rookie photo shoot that year, and the piece I was working on was about how Canadian basketball was on the rise and might be giving – like that was the angle. It really because, looked like it was too, and maybe it still is, but – Because there was talk of Wiggins already at that point. Yeah. And you had Thompson and you had, had Bennett. Corey Joseph. Right. He's still so good. Love yeah, him. I think he's good. But it's just kind of not reached the potential. Um, one team that I think, <laughs> when I say play it close, 
or play USA close. I 125. Mean, yeah, <laughs> it's all relative at this point. Um, but yeah, let's say like a 20 to 25 point uh, game possibility is France for me. Um, do you have France's roster in front of you? How many NBA guys do they have? I know they have Rudy Gobert, uh, one of the better rim protectors in the NBA. Uh, Boris Diaw, who's getting up there in age, but he's still good. Uh, Tony Batum. Parker, same thing as Diaw. Batum is really good. Um, Nando DiColo is is really good overseas. He's he he washed out uh, in the NBA pretty quickly. Um, who else is on that squad? There's a Petrus on there, but I don't think it's Michael. But I mean, they they have some NBA talent, is what I'm saying. Um, but as I rattle the names off, I'm still thinking, no, it's it's not close. They have um, Yafri Lavernier. Oh, I like him. It. I, I mean, like him too. I don't yeah, think he's I not. Think, I mean, he's yeah, like he's not gonna put the fear of God into Team USA, but I mean, he's he's a solid NBA player. That's probably. I guess you look at it. That has to be. The second best team. Oh yeah, I, right? I've been thinking like, for a, a doubt. week or two. That's the only team that is in the conversation. Even Spain, Last Spain time, has been the one that's like giving USA trouble right. historically, but they don't have Marc Gasol or Serge Ibaka, and some of the guys that have caused USA problems are getting older, like Jose I, Calderon. And I am interested to see because they're in the NBA now, uh, and I'm going to butcher the hell out of their names. Alex Abrin, Sabrinas. Yeah, uh, I think it's Sabrinas. I don't know though. And Willie Hernan Gomez. Gomez. Is he on Hernan... Spain too? Yeah, and oh, okay. he's on Knicks now. Yeah. Uh, I've heard good things about both of them. I haven't watched much of either of them, so I'm kind of excited to see uh, if they'll be able to do anything. Do they have Rudy Fernandez on that team? Yeah, they have Rudy Fernandez, Jose Calderon, Miritich. fun in uh, these competitions, I think. Rubio, I like. Don't remember him ever playing for Spain for some reason. I don't know why. I think he played once uh, when he was super young, like before he came to the NBA, and that was one of the things that got a lot of hype around him. Okay, um, so they'll be fun, but like they would have been if Serge Ibaka would have played. Yeah, if they could have had Ibaka and Gasol, I think they would have been. I don't think you need. I'm. I think you only need one of Mark and Pal. Unless you want to slow you, the game down and not shoot threes, then yeah, I mean, just extra bodies against a team as deep as USA helps too. Yeah, I mean that's true. That was a stupid thing of me to say. <laughs> yeah, you should bring less talent on a roster. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't, as currently constituted, I don't think they put too much of a scare. Um, so at the risk of continuing our our xenophobic pro USA. Uh, Olympics ran. I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say they win gold pretty easily. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's gonna be a problem for them. <laughs> like I I know you said the under twenty five point game. Do you think we'll get one an under twenty five point victory? Um, I'll say yes. Uh, maybe if, I don't know. If it has to come against France, aren't they in a separate group? It'd have to be in the medal round, right? Yeah, so, I mean, that's really giving us... Uh, oh, no, they're both in Group A. Excuse me, I missed Oh, both. they are? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So we'll get to see them play early. Yeah. Um, so that... And that, I, guess I think um, that would lend itself uh, to a close game, too, because I don't... I think... I think USA will start trying harder in the medal round. 
Like I think they'll they'll be more likely to underestimate people in group play. That's true. But it, even them, like we've kind of said over and over, like them underestimating a team is probably still a thirty-five to forty-point win. So uh, it's it's kind of it's not depressing, but when you're watching these things, there there are two aspects of it that you could enjoy, and that's either. Is it competitive? And if it's not, is it still exciting? And I know we've seen highlights from these Team USA games, and there have been some like fun moments where you see the bench exploding, but I wouldn't classify the play as exciting by any means. Yeah, it's not super exciting. I mean, there's, there's moments, just like you said, and then mixed in between, there's five minutes of just like layup lines. Um, <laughs> the only thing that's been... Or, or one of the things that's been kind of interesting to me is seeing Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson play together. Um, for some reason, Draymond Green hasn't really stood out to me as much as those two have. But I, I just keep every time I see those two on the floor together and kind of see them interact every once in a while, I just get visions of what the Warriors are going to be um, next season, and it's it's just continues to be like really hard to fathom how good that team is going to be. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. I, I like when you watch the way that Clay plays now. Um, is he ever going to have to dribble? I know we talked no. about how like, we made those jokes. <laughs> he won't with have to. Yeah. Like, will he ever? Will Clay Thompson, because he's the guy who's going to be used as a catch and shoot sniper yeah. more than most. And I could even envision, I know this is Stephen Curry's team, but if you're the Warriors and you're kind of looking at conserving his ankles, might you just run him off the ball even more than you already do? Yeah, they like, can. So, again, there's so many different options to go with that team. I do find it interesting. Did you read the quote today from Clay where he was talking about not changing his game? Right. Um, it, it just seems like it was ta- taken out of context uh, when he said, I'm not sacrificing shit. Like, it just seems like he meant my game doesn't need to change because yeah. it fits so seamless. It's not, I'm not going to change and they need me to change. It's, I don't need to change because my game is perfect for what we're trying to do here. That's how I interpreted it anyway. That's kind of how I saw it too. Um, I don't, I don't, it didn't really matter what context it was in to me. It didn't, it just, I kind of read it the way that you did. Like he's, it's, he's just going to continue to launch threes when he catches it. I don't I don't see why he would change that or why they would change that. Right. And more than I remember seeing this the other week, more than 80% of his made baskets were assisted on last season. So even if there had to be some change, there's only so far you can go now because he's already on the extreme end of this is my role. So so that's just why I took his quote that way. But there was like less assists, maybe like less shots assisted to him, but. It's nothing that he's going to change. No. So uh, this team, we do this with every super team, and I think you and I touched on this during the last podcast. We really mythologize their potential before they step foot on the floor, and it always seems that we're wrong. Like it yeah. took the heat in 2011 some time to, to really make it work. It, it took those 2012-2013 Lakers the entire season to even get an eighth-seeded playoff berth. And it took last season's Cavaliers a little while to get going. The Warriors don't seem like they're going to have that issue. Yeah, and I feels we probably different. say this all the time. This right, it just feels different. There was one play in one of the exhibition games um, 
Durant was and he dribbled off a screen or something on one wing and he kind of looked like he was about to rise up and shoot and he just fired this um skip pass to the opposite wing to Thompson who just you know he does his catch and shoot thing that is like the blink of an eye and hit a three and I just was like oh my gosh the Warriors have this seven foot playmaker now <laughs> you can just whip the ball all over the court to guys like Thompson and Curry, uh, even Draymond. Like, I think we're going to see a lot of the point forward stuff we saw with Draymond last year. I think, I think we'll continue to see that, but I think we'll see a lot of that with Durant too. And his, the way that he can see over the entire floor because of how tall and long he is uh, and some of the, the passes that he can fire off for those same reasons, it, it's going to be – I mean, I, this is – seems kind of ridiculous to have to say it, but it is going to be impossible to defend. Right. I can't wait. The new death, the super, I forget what I called it. The super mega ultra death lineup <laughs> when they put Iggy in instead of Zaza, that that's, that's going to be so lit. Yeah. I can't wait for that lineup. It's going to be amazing. Kind of speaking of the warriors though, um, Draymond green is giving us a glimpse of other things that we didn't necessarily <laughs> want to see. His summer is so confusing. If you look at the last few months, you can legitimately argue that he cost the Warriors a championship. But then he goes and plays a key role in recruiting Kevin Durant. Then he goes and gets arrested for something that's ostensibly stupid, it sounded like. And then he goes and does this, which in itself is kind of innocuous. But like, Yeah, if this it's part of a pattern, it's kind of weird. Right, and it's or just more weird. I should. It's, it's certainly <laughs> weird to begin with, but go ahead. It just seems like I'm not even talking like Dr- that. Draymond Green, the person, has something wrong with him. I'm just saying that this team is already so hated, and Dr- Draymond Green is just sapping any ounce of likability <laughs> out of them. Like from the casual fan, I want to see them. I'll probably like them, but when you look at how mad people are already at them. Draymond Green is just making it exponentially worse. Yeah, for sure. He's kind of making himself the lightning rod for that team, um, which I, th- I think you could you could say is a good thing, is maybe he'll take some attention off of Durant and Curry uh, for some so of this that This is vitriol. all part of the calculated <laughs> plan. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah, this is secretly Joe Lake of light years ahead of everyone again. Um, <laughs> But here's what I think about professional athletes when they get in these like string of just ill-advised things. I <laughs> just take a step back and remove yourself right from from social media, from these situations. And and Draymond has said, uh, particularly after the the situation, it, was it a bar fight? I can't remember where they were. Was it just a party? Um, I think it was a bar or outside of a bar, something like that. Yeah. Then he said after that, like, I can't put myself in that situation. And that's that's really what it comes down to. Uh, when you're, like, as public a figure as these guys are, um, you just have to be hyper vigilant all the time. Like, um, you just have to sort of take a step back, take yourself out of those situations, uh, try to live your life as privately as you possibly can. Because when you slip up, it's... It's massively uh, bigger deal than than when anybody else in the world slips up, right? And on some level, that's unfair, but it, it comes with the territory. Yep. And this isn't even necessarily an issue of privacy. Just don't send crotch shots. <laughs> and if 
and I get like I don't use Snapchat that often. I just had to redo my account because every, there's so much happening on there that I have to at least use it to see what players are posting. Uh-huh. Hope, hopefully, not more of what Green Green <laughs> Green posted. But people can screenshot these pictures anyway. Yeah. So just text it. Like if you're worried about someone having it, like they yeah. can screenshot it anyway. Why? Why would you snap it? <laughs> like yeah, I don't that's know. the just send a text message. On a uh, related note, did you see? Oh, okay, I know you saw because I think you texted it to me. Um, the Team USA players' reaction to this has been pretty funny. The crap that they're giving him. Oh yeah, wait. I think that's one thing. I, I that's I just love that about team sports is sort of the camaraderie that develops between players. With I mean, stuff like this is just a chance for them to rip on Draymond Green, um, and I I I love that aspect of team sports. Oh, I found it hysterical. But... Boogie saying to Paul George that he still does it. Like yeah. he, he was, <laughs> it was, and Clay was asking so many questions on that video. It was hysterical. Um, also, did you see the video of Boogie imitating Draymond Green's jump shot? No, because that's amazing. When we get done, you got to look that up. I, I'm gonna. Have it's pretty to. funny. <laughs> and also the Draymond Green getting offered in what was clearly a publicity stunt for the company, a hundred thousand dollars to do a yeah, porno called Drayzilla. <laughs> yeah, that'll. I mean, it'll certainly get them some attention. Now here's here's a good question. What what happens? Could Draymond Green decide to do that? I mean, like players can be in movies during yeah, the offseason. I'm sure. I, I would guess somebody from the league office would contact his people and, and encourage him not to. But, but could I'm they... sure it's not like – I would be surprised if it's part of this this collective bargaining agreement or something. That's not something I could imagine the owners anticipating. Right. <laughs> like, I'm sure that's not in his contract that says you, you are not allowed to appear in porn. It might be in future contracts if Draymond <laughs> goes through with it. <laughs> um, and the other thing is – so didn't the NBA fine J.R. Smith when he posted the picture of a half-naked girl on Twitter or when he wrote something on Twitter? Hmm, and I don't remember that. I haven't heard. Let me, let me look it up, actually. I should have done this. Without knowing the details on that one, I would guess the difference would be right, like so JR... intentional and of another person as opposed to an accident of yourself. Yeah, I mean – the description was back in March of 2012, New York Knicks' J.R. Smith has been fined 25 grand for posting inappropriate pictures on his Twitter account. I guess you're right. Intent matters. Yeah, I would guess there's if, – if they do have some kind of rule on that, I would guess the word intent in some form is in there somewhere. Um, but can they find Raymond Green for lying? He was like hacked. Yeah, that was, was like, kind oh, of – Oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean – I don't know if it's worth the fight for the league because I'm sure they would get pushed back from the union. And it's, I mean, it's probably better to just be like, hey, let's, whatever, let's just. And I mean, this probably this. means nothing in yeah. the grand scheme of things. I it's know. It's just August and like nothing's happening in the NBA. <laughs> right. I, I think I saw on first take, and I'm, I don't want to say this, but I think I saw someone post a picture of it. So I don't know necessarily for sure where they were talking about will Draymond Green last the season with the Warriors. I saw some crap like that too, which is insane. Like he's done let's you know move aside the fact that again this is a pretty innocuous incident when you think about it. It's just it's a snafu and it's it's an inappropriate snafu, 
But l- let's just look beyond that, that this probably doesn't say much about his character to begin with. He has done nothing on the basketball court to suggest that he is anything but indispensable to yeah. Golden's. The, like, this isn't even a Ty Lawson situation no. where you were like, yeah, you, you could see the Nuggets surviving without him. And yeah, maybe you could see the Warriors being dominant without him. But next season, if you take Draymond Green off the current roster, do they win a championship? I mean, I'd probably still. Curry I and would, Durant is probably still enough for me to bet on them, but it, it certainly makes it more interesting. If you took him off that team, uh, I wouldn't pick them to win the championship. I think Cleveland. we've gotten to the point where you can say, hey, the Warriors can totally cover up for Stephen Curry's absence or Clay Thompson's absence. We haven't gotten to the point where you could say, oh, they can survive without Draymond Green. Yeah. Well, that's kind of where I get back to. Um, I feel like Kevin Durant is going to do a lot of the stuff that Draymond Green did. So I feel like last year, Curry and Thompson shared the scoring load. Basically, it was mo- it was you know Curry more of it, but they both were the two main scorers, and Draymond Green was you know everything else guy. Um, I think I think Durant picks up a little bit of that everything else load from Draymond. I think he's he's going to be a good playmaker. Uh, I think we saw a glimpse of what he can be defensively in that Western Conference Finals against oh, the yeah, Warriors. Oh yeah, he was incredible. Um, and I you know I think a front court of like we said, that lineup with Iguodala instead of Zaza, when when Draymond and Duran are your power forward and center, um, I can't wait to see what they do defensively. So, yes, taking Green off the Warriors, I think, I, I think it hurts them big time. But I I would still probably pick them to win it all. And and just to get back to the original part of this um, conversation, when I first saw that headline. Somewhere, something like will will Draymond last the season? I just thought, man, this is this is textbook overblowing a story in the age of social media. Like, it, I mean, it they just took it way beyond where it, where it is. Totally, I went the opposite route when I had to come up with a story for it. I decided just to create fake unsent NBA player drafts in social media accounts. Like th- this is to me. This is an incident where you can neither take away anything profound or be overly critical. Like, this isn't serious yeah, in any way. No. This is something to mock, to meme, to make fun of. It's not something profound on any level. Think about how many... I'm sure... I, I've never used Snapchat, but I'm sure like tons of people have had the same error that he had. It's just they're not extremely famous people. Exactly. So, so nobody cares. Um, let's move on from that, though. Um, Greg Monroe. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Greg Monroe. Earlier today, I tweeted out, uh, respond to, to this tweet with your favorite Greg Monroe trade ideas. He is clearly on the market. Um, is he? I thought he was untouchable. <laughs> but it's kind of hard to find a good trade for him. Um it's it's crazy how quickly these back to the basket traditional big men have the game has just passed them by in, in what like two or three years, um, right? So it's it's not super easy to find a trade for him anymore. Um, but I did get a few suggestions trying to find him here again. Uh, I think the one that comes up the most is Charlotte. 
and there's Jeremy a, Lamb and Haas from yeah, other There's route. a bunch of different ways you can do it, but let's just talk about him as a Hornet. Like, does that does that work? Does that make sense for you? It ha- I think it makes perfect sense just because they've already done the Al Jefferson thing, mm-hmm. and he's pretty much a younger version of Al Jefferson. Yeah, and I think maybe I mean, would you start him or Hibbert? Because Jefferson was a six man for him last year. Wait, I think I just vomited at one of these trades. <laughs> Not surprised. To the Hornets. Well, I guess. Okay, Spencer so, Haas and Michael Kidd Gilchrist for Greg Monroe. Oh, I saw that one. Yeah, I was like, they're not giving up MKG, man. Um, I don't even like him on the Celtics, and they were a team where that kind of made sense because they well, have good perimeter defense. That one made sense to me before Horford. Right. Now, the trade I see, it isn't unreasonable, but at the same time, I'd rather have a Linux and Amir Johnson than Greg Monroe at this point. Is that the uh, Jay Crowder in a pick from Rob Ebert? Oh, please, no one. Please tell me no one actually pitched that. Yeah, dude. I'm seeing Amir Johnson at. and Kelly Olenek for Greg Monroe, which isn't that unreasonable. Makes more sense, yeah. But, like, Amir Johnson's a better pick-and-roll finisher than Monroe, and Kelly Olenek spaces the floor and protects the rim better than Monroe. So, yeah, I don't really like it in Boston either. Um, Phoenix is awful, too. They just drafted all those bigs. I'm seeing Brandon Knight for Greg Monroe, which— Yeah, I saw a lot of Phoenix ones, too. There was there was um, Paul Henning who writes for uh, Brew City Bucks, used to be for Brew Hoop I think, but he said that he cooked up a three team trade that had um, Tyreek going to the Suns, Tyson Chandler going to Milwaukee, and uh, Monroe going to New Orleans I think. Which is, I mean, it's interesting. What, what do you think about a Monroe Anthony Davis front court? I like it more than Anthony Davis and a Sheik. Right. I'd still probably rather see Anthony Davis and Terrence Jones, and getting Me Monroe too. essentially ensures that that's 30 minutes of Jones and Davis that won't exist. Yeah. Uh, I really want Jones and Davis too, as just sort of an aside. And the, the Pelicans played Davis more often than not at center last year. So, unless Which they is just where don't I think do he that. belongs. Yeah, definitely. Even if he develops a three-point shot, he needs to be. Yeah. Uh, what's this? This one wouldn't have been bad. Uh, Paul Henning also suggested it. Uh, to the Lakers for Lou Williams and Nick Young, the Bucks can just buy out Nick I, Young. I like that one too, actually. Um, I think that's a good one. You can still – I mean, but if you have Monroe, I, <laughs> I don't know what that means for Timothy Mozgov, and you're also kind of curbing – Julius Randle's development a little bit because you cannot play him and Monroe together. That would be a disaster. Yeah. And that's see for me, I don't really curbing Julius Randle's development's not a huge deal for me because I I'm just not a Julius Randle believer. I would rather play him than Monroe at this point just because he's an unknown commodity. Yeah. What is he like twenty years old maybe? <laughs> um Julius Randle I think is twenty one. Maybe I'm wrong. So there's certainly I mean, there's obviously more potential with him. Yeah, he's 21. Yeah, so, uh, again, I think Lamb and Haas make sense for the Hornets. I, I don't mind that three-team trade you outlined. I think yeah, the I don't Lakers mind that trade, one either, just as sort of a framework. Right, the Lakers trade, you might as well just try and get as many wins as possible because your pick is going to Philly anyway. Yeah. So there was another one that was... <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I would do this, 
but it's at least kind of interesting from young GM Rambus, which sounds like a man after your heart. Um, <laughs> Twitter handle at illegal screens says Monroe, Jabari Parker, Rashad Vaughn, and a first rounder to Sacramento for Boogie. Wait, Monroe? <laughs> One more time. Monroe. So Greg Monroe, Jabari Parker, Rashad Vaughn, a first round pick, all to Sacramento for Boogie. Man, I mean, if Monroe wasn't a free agent, no, you know what? Because could you imagine a Jabari and Willie Cauley Stein front court? Long-term? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You would need you there play... would have to be something else in there, just because for Sacramento. Milwaukee, yeah, just because Milwaukee's first round pick um, isn't going to be that good with Boogie and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Is Monroe Middles. expiring this year? He can, yeah, he can become a free agent. And so there's that. I mean, he'll probably go wherever he's wanted. Yeah. Um, That's not enough for a boogie, just because I I bet even the Celtics with Horford would be willing to give up more than that. But again, Jabari, if you really think he's going to be a star. I still have pretty high hopes for him. He he needs to develop a three-point shot, because I don't think he's ever going to be a good defender. So, I mean, that's interesting. Like I said, I don't know if it gets it done, and maybe you're not sure about that either, but it's at least... I mean, it's at least a little interesting to me. Uh, again, I think given how much Greg Monroe's value has plummeted, that might even be an offer that the Kings might scoff at. Because long term, what is that deal for? Just, just probably, Jabari, basically. Right, and a first round pick. Yeah. And was MCW in that deal? No, but if okay. it was me, I'd, I'd, I'd throw in whatever. Ex- right, with any- the exception of Giannis. Or Chris Middleton. Yeah, I was just going to say Middleton's probably off the board too. What about but maybe this one? one of those two guys gets it done? Uh, Monroe and M- Michael Carter Williams to the Pelicans for Evans, Ashik, and a pick. That deal was terrible for Milwaukee just because Evans is still injured. And, and Ashik's Ash- contract is awful. <laughs> Even before this salary cap explosion, it still <laughs> looks terrible. Right. I guess you can justify using him as a backup big, though, at that money now. And is he really a bad backup? Yeah, maybe if he's your backup center. What is? Well, he still has like four years left, right? Four years and like 40. Oh, more than $40 million, I believe. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I guess in this uh, economy or in this basketball economy, it's not terrible for a backup because that's what some other backups are going to be making. It's still just... Yeah, I mean, Al Jefferson's making that money now as a backup in Indiana, isn't he? Yeah. So, I don't actually mind that one. I guess, do you want to get rid of Monroe? Unless you're the Bucks and you think that um, Monroe and MCW could turn into something. Like, and you think, you, well, here's the flip side is why would you do that? Because you're trading essentially two expiring contracts, Monroe's player option, Michael Carter Williams is going to be an RFA, and you can get rid of him easily if you want for basically a chic and a pick because Evans is expiring as well. Like you would have to. Yeah, be I don't know if that works for Milwaukee. It'd be interesting for the season, I think, but that's mostly because I think Monroe and MCW might be fun in New Orleans. Yeah, and I also think I like Evans a little bit more than MCW in Milwaukee, even though he's another guy that takes the hand the ball out of Giannis's hands. Well, they could run like a point guard by committee thing, which is what they're going to do anyway. Like you can let just let everybody, yeah, create like just whenever they have the ball. Yeah, that's kind of how 
I think that's how Utah's going to do it this year too. I like I we already mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but these lineups with like five wings who can basically just play every position on the floor right. is going to be really fun. Um, the Mavericks, if they had anything to give up, could probably be an okay home for him, and they won't really have any trade assets until the middle of the season. And I don't even know if they would want him, but he seems like the perfect placeholder there. Um, you play him and Nowitzki together. I mean, why not? Like Rick Carlisle <laughs> sometimes doesn't care about defense anyway. Yeah. I feel like so. It would just be I could see them being a team that would take a chance on him if they could. Yeah. They they have Bogut now, so they don't need to. But like, let's say okay, fast forward to next summer when Roe opts in. Maybe they just absorb him in an Andrew Bogut like situation. <laughs> yeah, just help the Bucks out like they helped out the Warriors. Just because their starting center position is like the defense against the dark arts teacher in Harry Potter books. <laughs> that's that's great. Um, it, is there any chance he opts out or into that contract? There's no chance, right? I would say there's no chance, but like, look at it this way. What if he plays like less than? What if he plays like 20 minutes a game for Milwaukee? Right, because the Bucks were bringing him off the bench at points last season. I think yeah. they ditched that experiment by the end of the year. But Jason Kidd has to play John Henson at some point, I would think. <laughs> this and is the another other, thing that – go ahead. The other thing is, is like he's making $17.9 million if he opts into his contract in 2017-2018. How many years is it going to take him to make that money in his next deal? At least two, right? Even in his cap climate, because seventeen point nine, right? Because who's going to sign? That. Who's going to sign? Well, maybe he'll get that in two years. So wouldn't it be worth the gamble? He'll get that in less than two years. I, I think even if his value almost bottoms out, he'll probably start around fifteen. Look at what Timofey Mozgov got this summer. Yeah, but look at what the other bigs got this summer. Like Timofey Mozgov and Joakim Noah were anomalies. Yeah. I don't know. Like he, he's not getting. How Ian old is Greg Monroe? Twenty-six. I'm gonna find out now. I'll have it for you. Greg Monroe is twenty-six. My guess is one of the thirty GMs will throw him at least fifteen million a year. I guess maybe I'm just. And if he shows anything, like <laughs> he yeah, could I mean, be another Al, random guy who could. Gets... And Al, Al Jefferson got more than ten million a year from Indy. About or about ten million a year. Yeah, I'd be really surprised if it was south of fifteen. All right, so he's 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 opting out then. But <laughs> if you don't play, like again, what if he decides to opt in, which I guess might be a bad decision with the the possible lockout in twenty seventeen. So all right, so then let's do it this way. Forget the actual package. Where do you actually think he would be a good fit? I can that's only hard. It. like I, that's all I've got. Charlotte, is that what you said? Yeah, that's all I have. Yeah. I think that's about... I was just going to say the same thing you just did. And it's as a sixth man, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could probably make him work in New Orleans because he's clearly an upgrade over Ashik. But... Let I me don't... take a second on Charlotte again. Because um, I mentioned Hibbert as the starting center earlier. It's probably still Zeller, right? That's what I thought. I noticed that CBS Sports picked ranked the starting lineups, and I believe they had Hibbert. I put Zeller when I made mine for Bleacher Report. Yeah, if I was coaching, I think I, my front court would be Williams and Zeller. 
Right, that was mine. And then I'm, Hibbert is your backup big, and then... Or Frank Kaminsky. Yeah, you have them split the minutes. You, you have both of those guys. So then adding Monroe to that mix, that's that's kind of weird. <laughs> that's kind of tough. Oh, no, I get I get what you're saying there, but, I mean, they're paying Hibbert nothing. He would instantly just fall out of the rotation. You think? They just sit him on the bench? I mean, what are they paying him? $5 million? I don't know. They're paying him five million dollars for one year. That's oh, a bench okay. warmer. Yeah. And and then you're left with what you've done uh this year. Yeah, you basically just have year. an upgraded version of this past season. Right. You have Monroe and Frank Kaminsky and Cody Zeller. You could also send Hibbert to Milwaukee in that trade if you wanted to. Like Spencer Haas plays some center, but yeah. uh, so you could send Hibbert there and then the Bucks would have Maybe use him and Henson at the five, which wouldn't be terrible either. So, again, that's all I have is Charlotte. I don't know if you can. Think I think of that's another. about all I have too, off the top of my head. I mean, maybe if I went through all thirty teams and really tried to find another one, I, which I might is, be able to. But which is crazy because about thirteen months ago, there were probably five to seven teams ready to yeah. throw max contract. Huge, huge name. I mean, he was one of the biggest names that year on the market. The old Knickerbockers couldn't even bring him in. Thank God. Everyone was like, good on Phil for avoiding him. And <laughs> in my head, I'm like, I think it's just because he didn't pick the Knicks. If Greg Monroe wanted to be a Nick, he'd be a Nick. Yeah. Although I'm his sure. contract looks better than Joakim Noah's at this point. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Noah's one that is, uh, like, that's one of the things the Knicks did this summer that I think could work. It. He's going to be 35 at the end of it, which bothers me. And yeah, it, I guess the length is tough. I would have rather probably paid him more money just to make sure he's off the books when Melo gets off the books. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I, I just compare it to like bringing Derrick Rose in, and it looks like a steal to me. But it, yeah, he's expiring, so no big deal there either, I guess. Well, look. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, the fact that he's on the Knicks is scary because it gave them his bird rights. So they can sign him to <laughs> gonna, a max. They're going to max him out, and you're going to... Well, here's the thing, is if you're looking in their head, he'll probably put up like 15 and 7. 15 is what I predicted for him, actually. So let's say he puts up 15 and 7, and even though he's going to have terrible on off... like 40% from the field. Right. They're going to view him as like, well, who are we going to get? So <laughs> after, when you look at the name recognition next year, Stephen Curry isn't going anywhere. You have Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook could instantly become off the table if he gets traded or renegotiates his contract with OKC. So if you can't get Chris Paul, the Knicks will probably be like, well, we might as well max out Derrick Rose. <laughs> He's the fourth best point guard on the mar- market. Oh, man. That's scary. It's, you, this is my fear, and I, I think that's what people didn't understand when I was complaining on Twitter about it was, yes, for this year it's not a big deal, but what about the Knicks gives you confidence that They'll let Derrick Rose walk next summer. Yeah, that's. I hadn't really thought of it in that context. You, you <laughs> I understand your apprehension. So, like, and I mean, yes, Drew Holiday and Kyle Lowry will be available, but like, Jeff Teague will be on the market. But again, do you trust the all Knicks? better than Derrick Rose? That's for sure. They're all better, but would the Knicks look at them and be like, "Yeah, I don't know." Clearly, they probably wouldn't. I think you have Russell Westbrook. And Chris Paul, and obviously Stephen Curry, but he's not going anywhere. So, if if they're not in the mix for those two point guards, the the fans like the team is just 
like screwed. I'm hoping that Westbrook stays in OKC and becomes a free agent. I'm hoping Chris Paul gets bored of Los Angeles because that's my pipe dream because I don't want a five-year max of Derrick Rose. If you, had to, uh, if you had to pick right now, who is better between Derrick Rose and Brandon Jennings, your backup point guard, who's also coming off injury problems? I, we didn't see enough of Bra- – I'm going to say – I'm just going to say Brandon Jennings. I think just, Jennings too. <laughs> he's going to be a better catch-and-shoot guy, which is if, if you're not going to play defense and if you're not going to shoot a high percentage overall, like just stand behind the arc and catch passes. Yeah. I think the Jennings only thing that, that might work with Derrick Rose is Anthony probably thinks that he's still an MVP candidate, Derrick Rose. So maybe he'll be willing to play off the ball even more, and, and maybe this will help his game. But for that to happen, Derrick Rose needs to pass more than he does too. So that's again, the key, is- I think. If he can, like, if somebody can convince him to reinvent himself into a pass-first guy, I think he can find new life. But I, I mean, just, it's a contract year. Derrick Rose is going to become a pass-first point yeah. guard. <laughs> here's here's a better question: Ray John Rondo or Derrick Rose? Rondo. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, especially because he, he shot like 35 plus percent yeah. beyond the arc last he's year. He's still, I mean, he's still an on-off splits problem, but not not to the extent that Rose is. I'd, I'd rather so, have him. I think I would too. Um, but again, we digress. Uh, <laughs> I actually think, well, I guess here's the last thing. We can't come up with anything from Monroe outside the Hornets, right? Like yeah. an actually good fit. Yeah, I can't. If the Kings traded Cousins elsewhere, maybe there's something there with a three-team deal that could make it interesting. I saw one trade on your Twitter that sent Greg Monroe to Minnesota, which might be the worst idea. Yeah. That one was kind of – was it the one that the guy took a screenshot of the trade machine? There was a few of those. And I don't want to call it the worst idea ever because I appreciate appreciate our listeners sending you screenshots. It was was, – Without looking at it, it was like Pekovich, Muhammad, and Tyus Jones for for Monroe. Which, so you have like so if just you're Minnesota, in a vacuum is like I don't know that's what, reasonable value going both ways. But you already have Gorgie Dang and Carl Anthony Towns so. and Cole Aldrich. And Cole Aldrich, too. yeah. So just uh, uh it's it's crazy. So he would so, not play in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> so Greg Monroe probably starts the season in Milwaukee, then, right? Yeah, that's my guess. Unless Milwaukee gets desperate and just takes like nothing on the dollar, yeah. Well, you heard it here. Hardwood Knox official <laughs> prediction: fallen, almost star. Yeah, I think. I feel like everybody who's been a constant trade rumor this summer is going to start the season with their current team. So Westbrook, Monroe. Do you know. think Westbrook will start there even if he's not open to renegotiating his contract? I think um, the thing with that situation is there's precedent with Sam Presti pulling the trigger early like he did with James Harden. Um, but I think this is it for the Thunder. It's like <laughs> Westbrook is the last... Uh, thread connecting them to that old team that should have been able to win some titles together. And so I think they're going to try as hard as they possibly can to convince him to stay. Unless he flat out tells them before the season starts, no, I'm, there's no way I'm coming back. Um, and I don't know if that would be the smartest thing for him to do. I, I think they'll try at least till the All-Star break. Uh, maybe, it'll, yeah, that's I was going to say that too. And at the All-Star break, 
at that point you're saying, oh, well, no team will give up a lot for a potential half-year rental. But at that point, if you're Westbrook, right now you're looking at it as, I'll see if I can make this thing in Oklahoma City work. And if it's not, I'll hold my free agency in February where I'll pick which team they want to send me to. Because if if Westbrook says he'll sign with the Lakers long-term, they'll definitely give up Brandon Ingram and D'Angelo Russell for him, along with like a 2020 first-round pick. So a trade like that would still be there. What is um, the interesting thing about that is like what's if if LA knows he's coming if he gets some sort of all right yeah, like true. under the table agreement what's what's stopping teams like that from waiting till the summer I think then you have Westbrook's people or the Thunder's people link like Westbrook's top choices in free agency will he'll choose between Lakers Knicks Bulls so like you do that because the money's all equal so if you're the Lakers. We know they're impulsive to begin with, but are you willing to roll the dice on not getting Russell Westbrook? Because I think you could argue that while they're on two different sort of competitive planes or trajectories right now, that the Lakers and the Knicks are probably equally attractive. So if you leverage that against each other, or even another team, let's say the Celtics especially, would be a scary threat to Westbrook. I think that would compel um, at least some team to give up a lot. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, anything could happen in free agency. The only GM or president that I could see not acquiescing to insane trade demands provided Westbrook comes back midseason is Danny Ainge. Because I think you look at it, why gut the roster uh, just to try and contend for you know, an Eastern Conference Finals appearance. Yeah. Just because the Cavaliers and the Warriors still exist. And then spend the year trying to convince him to stay. Right. Well, I'm saying even if even if Westbrook's like, okay, I'll re-sign. Oh, okay. You know, at this point... I would it's do like, it if like, he said that, if I'm, if I'm Boston. <sighs> I'm not There's sure the, if I do would. Do you think... Um, Cleveland is obviously really good. They just won the finals. Um, I don't, they haven't does, signed LeBron James or JR yet. Don't, don't say anything. <laughs> Does uh, Russell Westbrook, Al Horford, um, they'd probably have to give up Crowder to get Westbrook, I would think, if they're doing a trade. I would say one of Bradley or Crowder. If you have to give up both, and I know we're talking about Westbrook, I wouldn't do it. I know it's Westbrook, but you need at, at least point- one other all-star level guy, and, and I'm, I might not be including Isaiah Thomas in that. Um, to Does Isaiah Thomas Cavs. work? Next to Westbrook, that's like, a question I, too. I, he's very ball dominant, but he's also an okay shooter. Right, he shot so. pretty well off the catch last year, but that's a part time role. Is he someone who can embrace that full time? Yeah, that's a question for sure. He would be an amazing sixth man, though. That he would, but it might be tough to sell him on that. Yeah, uh, in a contract year, no less next season. Yeah, right, that's true. But anyway, I think uh, we've pretty much exhausted Greg Monroe talk as it has transitioned into the Knicks and into Russell Westbrook. Um, <laughs> and Derek Rose. We went down else. a rabbit hole. Yeah, as we often do and as we always should. Um, this has been another edition of Hardwood Knox. If you want to get in contact with Dan or me or Adam on Twitter, you can find us there. Dan is at Dan Favalli. Uh, D-A-N-F-A-V-A-L-E. Adam is at Frommel09, F-R-O-M-A-L-09. I am at Andrew D. Bailey. Um, 
the show is at Hardwood Knox. Still hasn't sent out a tweet in probably, I don't know, six months. All right, here's <laughs> tomorrow. Tomorrow. For those of you <laughs> listening, it is now Wednesday. I will be sending out a trivia tweet that Andy oh, will. Oh, I like that. I, that is my goal. I for like tomorrow. that. I'm going to remind you to do that too. Um, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes. You can, you can follow us on Blog Talk Radio. You can follow us on Stitcher. Uh, we appreciate any, any listens that we get on any of those platforms. We appreciate any ratings we get on any of those platforms. Um, we appreciate all... your patience as we yeah. await the return of Burns My Bacon, which I also promise <laughs> we'll be back next episode. We're, uh, we're going to start storming through season preview or, uh, yeah, season previews for each team again, as we did last summer too. So that'll be fun. That's something for you guys to keep an eye out for. Um, in the meantime, as always, we leave you with a special shout out to a special player, a Trey special, Burke. a special man, Trey Burke, <laughs> Bino Udri, Trey Burke. I mean, he, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what he does in Detroit, but the, Isn't Trey Burke on Washington? Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'm not that curious. I'll talk to you next time, guys. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. <laughs> in fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. <laughs> in fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.